Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. This week, it's all about motherhood, business, and dealing with our own shit so we can show up as the women we're intended to be. Joining us is Tara Shifsky, the founder and blogger behind Revel in the Chaos. After coming to a crossroads in her career and education, feeling the strain of wanting to be at home with her own kids, and other areas calling to her life, Tara stepped away from teaching to do just that. From imposter syndrome to disordered body image, all the way to just needing a minute to eat peanut butter in the dark alone, Tara was open about it all. I love conversations like this that help us know we're not alone, even though we can feel pretty lonely when navigating parenthood, careers, life choices, all while healing from past traumas. In the episode, we do discuss PTSD, grief, and more. We want to let you know ahead of time as these can be difficult conversations not only to have, but to listen to. For resources surrounding the topics of mental health, please visit our website. And while you're there, connect with Tara, us, and all the other conversationalists that have stopped by HTC Network. With conversations surrounding mental health, wellness, and all those magic moments in between, we believe there's something there for everybody, and we'd love to have you check it out. You can visit htcpod.com for it all. And Tara, both Leanne and I cannot thank you enough for your bravery, your humor, and your ability to revel in the chaos that is life. Enjoy this one. Now, before we dialed in, I'll be completely honest. I was telling Leanne I hadn't seen you since like 2003, and that's insane. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I feel like a lot I has know. happened since then. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a couple of things. <laughs> Yet I feel like, I mean, 2003 was a long time ago, right? But I don't feel that old. Jesus. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. That's so funny. So we were reading through your blog and stuff, and you had some major, major changes go on. Um, but I want to kind of explore what you went to school for with teaching first, if you don't mind, and how you kind of stepped away from that. Sure. Um, Well, I guess to rewind a little bit, uh, my first degree is in journalism, mass comm, public relations. But when we graduated college, it was the beginning of a recession. So I could not find a job, was not happy, um, found something, but it it wasn't like the right fit. So 2010, I quit my job, went back to school to get my master's in education it's one of the things I always wanted to do. So I thought, hell with it, let's go with it. Um, bartended, going to school and Did that whole doing all juggle. that stuff. Oh, that's hard. That's yeah. Hard. Yeah. Um, you know, it took me, it took me a really long time to get where I wanted to be as a teacher, but I always knew I didn't want to be in the classroom forever. I love working with kids. I love my students, my colleagues, but like you wouldn't see me, you know, 60 years old in the classroom, Ms. Shivsky laying down the law. That wasn't going to be my jam. Well, I started my blog mm-hmm. and, you know, it started out as a hobby. And the more I wrote and the more I thought about it, I just couldn't shake that that was what I was supposed to do. Um, my husband, Joe, and I, we were in a pretty good place like life-wise in the summer it just became a now or never opportunity to either jump ship which I am glad I did I mean I do feel guilty about that some days but you still do uh, 
Yeah. I, you know, I get the question a lot, like, oh man, like you, you left teaching, like, oh, like, was it just too much for you? And yeah, I mean, if you ask any teacher right now, it's, it is always too much. (laughs) Too much. (laughs) And Um, you were a middle school teacher too, right? Yes. Yeah. I I, I always tell people, you cannot pay me a million dollars to relive middle school. (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. So for you to like voluntarily go back and share that experience with like hundreds of them, there's got to be like a special place in heaven for yeah. middle school teachers. They're, and you know, middle schoolers, they're so weird. Yes. But I was actually going to be going back to the high school this year, which I was pretty excited about. Uh, I was all moved into my classroom and ready to go. And then, yeah, I just... I quit. <laughs> okay. uh, and I've been working with some freelance clients for some copywriting stuff and writing my blog. And I sub a couple days a week just to kind of figure out this balance for this year. And I regret nothing because Good. my like my my mental space is I have more of it, I guess, you know, for my own family yeah. and for myself. And I think that's what it comes down to. What was the catalyst for making finally making the decision? Um, well, the conversation with my husband went, okay, so I really want to quit my job. And I had, you know, like had A, B, and C listed out of why I should. And he goes, all right, well, I'm going to buy a new snowmobile. And then he walked out the door <laughs> and I went, okay, that seems pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was really it. Wow. That's, you know, we've been together for almost 21 years. That's how we roll. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that was really like the the leap. And I had also landed my first actual paid client, um, which was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. It was just, you know, reaffirming like, okay, I can, I can do this. We're all about coincidences here. Things mm-hmm. happen for a reason, for sure. That's yeah. Joe thinks I'm. He's always rolling his eyes at me because that's what, like, it just it's what it's supposed to be. And he's like, okay, but <laughs> no, I think that's what we're reading a book right now, and it's all about. There are no coincidences. Like there, it's the universe talking back to you, and kind of it. It talks about manifestation. Like you think of things and bring them to you, but also there's just the coming to you part. Some people just blow it off like, oh, wow, what an ironic thing that happened. And they just ignore it. But to think of it as something as like a sign for your life makes it so much, it just makes life so much more magical, you know? Yeah. And I've had, you know, I've experienced quite a few things in my 37 years. And that's what I've just come to believe also. Like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And these things are happening for a reason. And here I am chatting with you guys. Follow them. No, I love it. I love it. That's so cool. When you went in to quit with, with teaching and stuff, was that like really difficult to do? Yes. (laughs) Um, I, okay. I am like a people pleaser to the core. Guilty. (laughs) And so I had, I had called and called and they weren't calling me back and we were missing. And I was like, I just have to get this out. So I sent an email to one of the assistant principals first. Like, this is what I'm doing, why I'm doing this. Please call me back. And so yeah, they actually called me back while I was at school packing up my classroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it was a terrible, awkward conversation. And 
I'm surprised I didn't pass out, but I just, you know, laid out my reasons and I had both kids with me. So like they're running around, they're trying to, you know, they want to go home. They're hungry. This is why like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So I actually sub at the high school quite a bit. So it's, it's all good. It's fine. Or a different high school. The water. Oh, I have gone back to Tartan though. I've subbed there once and nothing has changed, you know, like the rails, the circles, the, the whole yeah, deal. I was, so- yeah. I was telling Leanne, I was like, we didn't really get to like hang in the same because you were the cool people on, on the wall rails. I wasn't, <laughs> I was not that person. So it's just really funny that you have gone back. I there was like <laughs> the tag along, like still, like I think back to high school and you know, I was such a nerd, self-proclaimed nerd and school is so important to me. And not that it wasn't for anybody that I was friends with, but that was my priority. Like that's what I could grasp onto. Mm-hmm. So that was my, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I never thought of myself that way. You know, I was NHS and student council yeah. and it was all, all school for me. So that's awesome. I didn't know that. I had that that was not at all what I thought you're no. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm shocked to hear it to be completely honest. That's really awesome. That's really, really cool. I had no idea. What was it like to have like the support from your husband just so automatically like that? Mm-hmm. Cause you said you had plan A, B, C. And I read that in your blog, the conversation. I didn't realize. Like I was like, okay, this must be like the Cliff's notes version. Like, no. Like that that really was wasn't. It. <laughs> Yeah, he was on his way walking out the door and, you know, and so I had been building this up in my head and going over every scenario possible and every answer that he could possibly have. And so when he was like, okay, I just, just rolled with it. And then I stood in my kitchen where I am now, like looking around, like, oh shit, this is real. This is real. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he knows how important that was to me. He's always been super supportive with all the crazy things I decide to do and life changes. And yeah, it was just another, another thing that I was relieved. Um, yeah. Have his re- support. And then you mentioned earlier, kind of like, I don't want to say the haters, but maybe the people who are less supportive, whether they mean to be or not kind of saying like, wow, like, was it too much for you? Like, how do you, you talked a little bit in your blog about outgrowing people how did you manage that and, and decide like, okay, this, this is someone who either doesn't understand, but I want to keep them close or, or we are just, we just see things very differently and I I'm going this way and, and you're not coming with me. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one for me. Cause. Cause the people pleaser, I'm the same way. Yes, I, and it's so, so hard. hard and it's such a like trauma response for me. And I like learned that, that it's just, it's ingrained in who I am. And so I, I do care what people think. Yeah. Um, and not in the way like, Oh, I, you know, hope someone likes my shirt today. It just like, I truly like want whatever I do to impact people in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so if I like any negative response from anyone or like the inkling that they were like, mm, what are you doing? Um, it was hard for me to deal with. And I, there were a couple of situations where I was pretty hurt by it, uh, which was in response, like that blog post was pretty therapeutic, just like getting it all out there. And so for those people that I didn't have a direct answer to read my 
These and you know this explains didn't feel like I had to explain over and over again like why I made that choice for myself. Um, like when I was like, what about your pension? And I was like, what? Like, what about my a pension? Like, oh, I'll figure it out. Like yeah. that's like those are so there's so many barriers that were holding me back. Like and education, like the whole system of education was one of them. I just I didn't want to be a part yeah, of that I was anymore. So about that. You said that there was like many things that kind of drove like a wedge between you and the education system. I'd love to kind of hear what some of those were. <laughs> I mean, if you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I am. It's just there, there are so many things there's, um, you know, they, they want, they, I don't know who they are, but like, even like from my administrators, like they're told what they need to tell us. Right. And so they have these high expectations, um, and things that they want us to do in their classroom. But in the class, it's so different, you know, especially during the last couple of years of a pandemic, these kids need so much more than, you know, talking about, I don't know, as a social studies teacher, like Minnesota history or like the flower, like I, the sixth graders were learning about flour mills. And I was like, these kids, like, they don't even, like, I don't even know anything about the flour mills. Why the hell do they need to know about this stuff? And that's the kind of teacher I was. And I'm very not type A and a lot of teachers are. So they are like rule followers. Like we do this by the book and they're okay with that. But I did not fit in that box at all. And I was more about the relationships I built with my kids than what I was teaching them. Um, How much control do you have over like, here's your curriculum and then versus, you know, going kind of off on your own path and and figuring out what you actually want to drive home to the kids. Yeah, there's a, a billion state standards that we have to follow, which mm-hmm. is so boring. So you do it and you do it in the most creative way possible. Um, but, you know, then they want all this. They talk about alignment with like the other schools in the district and with the state. And so as and even this year, it's the control is getting more and more and teachers have less and less freedom in what and what they choose to teach. Um there is some legislation going around right now, like that teachers need to provide a full year of lesson plans to the state. Whoa. And that if you want to vary that at any time, there's like a, like you have to like five days before the lesson, you have to like send in for a variance. Just which making is, it impossible. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I walked into my classroom. A, some teacher anymore not knowing what the hell I was teaching that day like (laughs) till I came in like okay what are we doing all right I got this or an hour goes by and I think oh this isn't working I need to I need to do something different and that's what makes a good teacher like you change on the fly and you went towards what the kids need not what they're telling you to teach like people at department of ed have never been in my classroom, you know, and I didn't feel any of it was a real indicator of what these kids knew or who these kids were. So that's where the guilt comes in because I feel like me being a teacher, like part of my role was to be their advocate and like what they need. And so I felt more so like letting my students down and my kids down. Um, so that's, that's the tough part. That's, yeah. that's the only that's understandable. thing. Understandable. 
brings me back there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like what you talk about now, like with your blog. And I did actually, I did want to know, did the, did the blog start after you stopped teaching or were you blogging before you finished teaching? I was blogging before. Okay. Um, it started, it was when I was doing distance learning. So I was home all the time and just had more time to just be in my own space. Um, yeah. So it, it, it really wasn't the plan until August of this last summer. And it was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this It all, you know, it all just fell into place. Yeah. And that's a lot of your blog is about kind of like the, the mom guilt that you feel not being able to get everything checked off the list and give all the attention to the kids that you want. And do, do you feel like that like, has that kind of, I guess the people pleasing part of you, and I'm asking selfishly because no, ask I'm, I'm not a mom yet, but I do like, I have clients and I feel guilty. Like, am I giving them the best that I can every day? Like, am I prepping as well as I should? Like, does that kind of transition into mom guilt? Like, is that a person more of a personality <laughs> trait or does it just come with the job? You know what I mean? Comes with the job, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it may be a combination of both, but, um, you know, that was what it also came down to is I was either not enough for my students or not enough for my own kids. Yeah. And in the end, like my family comes first. Um, I am trying to learn that I come first. That is a very hard thing to do for me. Uh, so this was a big a big step. And it has allowed me more time to spend with my kids, you know, not come home and be completely burnt out and not want to do anything with them or, you know, be just crabby. I was crabby all the time and I am not a crabby person. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I felt a lot of mom guilt when I was at school yeah. and working. Um, but now that kind of deflects back to my students. So, you know, it's like, there's something sacrificed all the time. And yeah. I, I needed to figure out what was more important. How do you guys deal with that? <laughs> well, I was going to say for me, I know like <laughs> I definitely, I had guilt on, on both sides of it. I had guilt all around. It was a guilt cocktail, you know, and it still is essentially because now it's like I, I walked through that where I was just home with my kids. But then I thought, well, like, gosh, I want to contribute more than just this. I love this. And I love the balance of being able to do this. But they're still like wants and dreams for me that I want to like go after. So like, how do I find the balance now on this end of it? That's kind of been my journey in the last few years. And it's, it's still just as hard as when you're deciding to quit and do something or, or commit just to your family or whatever. Moms are expected a lot of like, you know, there's lots of expectations there. Yeah. And is your husband supportive of? Totally. He is very similar to yours. He's just like, let's do it. Like, go for it. Yeah, like you're right or die. Like this is just yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's shocking to accept too, because I'm like, holy crap, he believes in me. Now I really have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting okay, more of a- a- to like buy me some time, like to be completely <laughs> honest. And that's Are where like sure? imposter <laughs> sim- syndrome comes in. I'm like, whoa, like you. I do have to perform like this isn't, I'm not playing around anymore. Like I have to show up and show what I'm capable of. Even, you know, messaging with Kala coming on here. Like I wanted to throw up before and I don't know why, you know, like it's so freaking nervous 
I'm like, what do I have to say? Like, why is what I have to say important? And so that is another thing that I have to remind myself and thank therapy for a lot of it. Like (laughs) you, like I, what I have to say is important. Yeah. Can you talk about, oh, go ahead, Leanne. Well, I was just going to say, people need to hear this perspective though. Like I do hear a lot of, like you, you talked about kind of going from family and kids first back to self first, but you know, when you, before you have kids, I I don't have any kids yet. And so it is self first for me. Like it's, it's clients first and Clayton and and everything, but it's easy for me to find the time to, if, if I need to chill, I can chill. But I hear from a lot of moms and not even necessarily new moms, you make that transition, you have your baby and it's, it's all about the baby all the time and finding your way back to loving yourself again and putting yourself first is really freaking hard for a lot of moms and it's they don't want to talk about it because it feels selfish mm-hmm. it, yeah I think it's such a, a high expectation and I never anticipated that the like you know of course my life is going to change when I have kids but how it changed I don't think I ever thought was possible um you can't prepare you can't prepare like that's what scares the shit out of me. <laughs> just, just yeah, but I feel like Leanne, you have such an advantage because like you have learned to love yourself into your thirties. Like I think I got married as like an infant. Like I should not have been allowed to get married child as a child bride. <laughs> child, you know, and I'm, I never did stuff before. That wasn't my path, but I did find somebody. Tara, it reminds me a similar of like your relationship with Joe. It's like you find somebody that is like your safe place that they allow you to just kind of grow and be that steady for me. And that's what's allowed me to kind of step into now being able to love myself because I am supported by my husband, but I didn't have that before him at all. So I never did that deep dive. (laughs) And I don't, yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, at 37, like I'm just now figuring what I want to be when I grow up, you know, like it's, it's really what it comes down to. Um, and just life experiences, you know, I talked about therapy and like my people pleasing being a trauma response. I've dealt with a lot in the last few years. Um, that's really impacted my mental health and really has like caused me to not love myself very much. Um, and so that's hard because then you have, I have two, a six-year-old and a two and a half-year-old. So like any love that I have is like thrown out, right? Like you get it, you get it, you get it. And then at the end of the day, like, yes, I want to go to the gym. Yes. I want to take care of myself, but I'm too freaking tired, man. <laughs> like, and yeah. I know that's like stereotypical mom talk, but it's so damn true. And I, but it's, it's reality. It's a lot of mom's reality. Yeah. Yes. So what does me time look like for you? How do you recharge? You're like, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, get on a podcast and want to throw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting in silence. Uh, actually, yeah. last night, uh, the kids, we have like a, like the kitchen is over here and there's like a sunroom, sitting room, and it was dark outside. And we have lots of windows. So it was really dark in the sunroom area. And Joe was in the kitchen with the kids and he's like, wait, Tara, where'd you go? And I was sitting. <laughs> in the recliner, like in the dark with a spoonful of butter. <laughs> That's my girl. 
I was like, I just need, I just need to sit here in the dark in silence. Yeah. Like, talk to me. Um, but besides that, I have a really great group of girlfriends that, and we all have kids around the same age. So a lot of times it, it's just us getting together while our kids destroy our house or <laughs> um, writing for me. Like that's, that's my outlet for, for most things. Um, and once upon a time, I used to really love to box and I'm trying to get back to that too. So yeah, that'll awesome. let out some of that aggression for yes. sure. <laughs> yes. You're like, I need something. I need to punch something. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I have to say to to accredit you and your in your group of girlfriends, as somebody who's kind of seen a lot of the girls that you met, like, you know, when we were growing up, that you guys are still friends to this day and still get together. It is one of the coolest things. I have wanted that for my life, watching y'all's relationships unfold, like from the outside, because it is really special what y'all have. Yeah, and thanks, because it's, you know we've all been on like we're it's it is it's weird like <laughs> that we've all been friends for so long and really like there's no rifts like if anything our 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 group has gotten stronger um but and I'm really thankful for that because I don't I don't think it's very common I think it's a pretty it's super rare, thing. rare yeah especially for women I think like in I don't know we seem to, I don't want to say men don't change. That's not true. But like, we seem to, to change a lot. And I think a lot of us are kind of people pleasing, especially in high school. And so sometimes who you were in high school isn't even who you actually are. And then you learn and you grow and you change. And it's hard to maintain those relationships. I, I only have one friend from, from high school left over. She's wonderful, but that's, that's yeah. just fun. <laughs> Yeah. When I wasn't like a, I felt, you know, and despite like what, how things were perceived, I've never felt like in the, I felt like I was like in this limbo of space between different groups of friends. And so like finally kind of figuring out who my people are was really important to me. Um, and they are like, that's like my girlfriends are my soulmates, I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Okay, sorry, Joe. Like, I guess you are too, but <laughs> well, I've I've shared this before, but um, my so my grandma, she's like very wise. She gives me the best advice, and she always talks about how like our soulmates are like our classmates, and she believes in like reincarnation and stuff. So she'll get really deep, but she's like, you know, we are born onto this earth, and we have our group of soulmates who we help learn and grow together, and that like. The, then you pass away in your next life, like whoever was your best friend might be like your mom or, you know, just like you switch <laughs> roles, but you've got this group of souls who just, you're always learning and developing together and you feel that connection. Um, and I just, I think you can't have multiple soulmates. I don't think that that's a, a bad thing. Yeah. Like you said, like, it's not coincidence. Like these are people that I'm supposed to, um, like, yeah, be with in my life. Oh, and life. That's important. Yeah. That's so amazing. Go ahead. Well, in uh, in one of your blog posts, you talked about kind of like, and I'm curious about you too, Cal. These are kind of questions for both of you as moms. Ooh. This is like my my pre mom therapy sessions. So bear with me. We'll do our best work. You. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you talk about like you are full time momming all day long, and your husband's at work, and he gets home 
and you pass the baton. You're like, okay, I need some time. Like, is that, I guess it's different in every relationship. I'm sure some dads aren't as quick to, you know, pick up and and be dad right when they get in the door. Is that like a kind of a, is, is it rocky sometimes? Like, cause he's tired from work and you're tired from momming. And it's just like, who no everyone wants to take a nap at some point. Like, how do you manage? <laughs> how do you manage it? Kids like take a freaking nap. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it is a point of contention sometimes because for Joe, he does, he works in the construct construction industry. And so he's physically exhausted. exhausted when he comes home and he gets up at like three 30 in the morning to go to the gym before work. Clayton does that too. I don't know how, like I get annoyed every time his alarm goes off. I'm like, just go to bed. (laughs) Like I just went to bed two hours ago. What are you doing? Get up right now. Um, Yeah, it is. But like, you know, it's it's just like one of those little speed bumps that we just deal with if we're having an off day. And I think we sometimes aren't super great at like voicing what we need. Like, okay. Like I've had a really rough, you know, instead of just saying like, I've had a really rough day with the kids. Like, can you take them downstairs to play for a little bit? It's just like, you know, like, okay, you read my mind. You see this mm-hmm. crappy look on my face. Like, and they don't, you literally, you know, oh gosh, why haven't I learned that? Like, please <laughs> take the kids downstairs. That's and when he does it, then I get pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You take like, them before I kill sign. someone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm texting, like, just know what you're walking into. I'm tapping out. You know, you got yes. 10 minutes and then you're, you're, you're tagged in for sure. It's like that some days. Yeah. Very contentious. And I think for me, like personally, it was harder for me when I felt like I didn't have anything else going on. Like that was always a big pull for me. Like I didn't want to just be mom. I wanted to be the best mom I could be. And for me, I thought that meant just being home with them all the time but I still had that call to do more. And so once I finally started like putting myself back into the equation a little bit is really when we started to be able to like balance that whole, it wasn't so take the kids. I'm done. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was for me. Is it kind of like, (laughs) yeah. Well, and I wonder too, like, does it become kind of like a routine? Like you guys become more understanding with each other. Like, Hey, um, you're home. Can you just like take care of these kids for an hour while I do my own thing and then we'll regroup like, or is it just day by day? It's different. Day by day. It's different. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, that's why like my blog is called revel in the chaos for like many reasons, but that is one because there's just no, you know, I get, we get into like a, a groove a little bit. It's like, okay, I I want to make dinner. So like, get these tiny humans away from me so I can do this and and focus. And so there are some things that can be done unspoken, but most of the time it's a show. (laughs) That's the honesty we need. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Most of the time it is. It's just kind of, it's, it is chaos all the time. I do want to explore your name a little bit. How did you like finally say, this is what I'm calling it. Uh Oh, (laughs) there's a story. Yeah. I had, I had several ideas and, um, revel in the chaos. I actually have it tattooed on my leg (laughs) from a really long time ago. And it was, it's one of those, like my brother, I love him dearly. He's pain in the ass. He'd be like, Oh, cool. Tara revel in the chaos. Like, you know, just, (laughs) just, yeah, older brothers do right. Like still this day needs to pick on me. Um, because there's like, there's a skull and flat, like, you know, it's, it's, it happened a while ago, but 
And I had thought about actually getting it covered up because I was, because people would say stupid things like that. Um, Don't ever cover it up. No. Don't give into it. No, I was like, no, but like, these are honestly words that I live by. Like, I get it. Yes, I get wrapped up in it. And yes, I, you know, there's tough days. And like I said, it's a shit show. But if I sit and kind of dwell on those things, that's not going to get me anywhere. And so revel in the chaos, just it's like rolling with the punches, like take Mm -hmm. take things as they come and and figure it out. Uh, Yeah. And it, you know, kind of explains my, my parenting style. It explains a lot what goes on up here. (laughs) Um, So I have embraced it instead of wanting to cover up my tattoo. (laughs) What, What was the chaos that inspired the tattoo? Oh, I yes. just thought I was cool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Yeah, I, mean, cool, I think Tara. I saw You've it somewhere, and I was like, "That's cool." <laughs> I like that. I don't know why I like that, but see, but no coincidences. Mm-hmm. It was meant to get that tattooed on my leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. that was going to become become your your business essentially. That's so cool. Yeah. And your business has unfolded into like other things too. Like it's become like a boutique. It's vlog. It's. Can you talk a little bit about how that came to be? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, like the boutique thing is just like a little side hustle, uh, cute clothes that I like. And if I get a percentage from people that shop my, my site. And so it's just as simple as that. Um, so I don't put like, it's that, like, that's a fun piece for me. And then uh, freelance writing and, and trying to get some more clients is really I think I want to prove it to myself that like I am capable and that people want to see my work and my long-term goals to add to this weird bubble is I would like to start my own podcast and um, I would like to write a book. And this is a very (laughs) interesting, y'all's goals align pretty perfectly. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have like, I have a small confession. Like I know Kayla said, I was like, with the popular girls on the rail, but I was always like wanted to be like Kala. Oh my God, same. <laughs> that is like the most BS thing I've ever no, heard. Of not. You were like cool punk. Did yeah. it help that I had like the hugest crush on your brother? Who didn't? Oh my God, freaking. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all the same person? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Uh, or Joe oh came God. along. Like I, that it was so funny. Well, I had um, so many guy friends that you were like the standard. They all liked you. And I was like, yeah, go for it. But I knew they didn't get a chance. But like they all, like you were, you were the one that they all talked about. It was just so funny. And I just was like, yeah, man, go for it. You always seemed really cool to me. <laughs> and I never like that. Like, that's not, it's just funny. Cause that's not how I saw myself. Right. And it's just not at all. Um, I don't, that's did so I wild to me? That's blowing my mind right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been talking about, well, I've been talking about this with my therapist a little bit and I don't know if I mentioned it in one of my blog posts, but I did have a hard time like fitting in, in my own head. Like people might have like place me in certain groups, but I didn't feel like I had any of those, especially, I mean, starting in middle school, if I look at any of those pictures from seventh grade, every single one of my girlfriends is 
not every single one, but majority are blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, green eyes, light skin, like stick, skinny, thin. And here I am, not any of those things. And that I am realizing is like a bigger piece of me than I ever really thought. Like so many of those, like, yeah, I just never felt like I fit in to that group. Right. I was like the one, like one of these things is not like the other. And that was Tara. And that's what I always thought about in my, in my head. And I know that none of my friends or anybody means it. Like when they say things like, "Mm," like the, what are you, what are you? Like, what the hell do you mean? Like, you know, so then I felt like I had to defend who I am, like, and just not, no joke, just two months ago, someone made some comment about being Asian. And I said, I'm Asian. And he went, no, you're not, you're not Asian. And I was like, blown away. Like, and really hurt. Like it just, it was, it was too much. I didn't even know how to respond in that moment. It had been a while since I had dealt with a comment like that. Um, so like that kind of brought some, some feelings back of growing up and sometimes like people, like they don't mean it to be hurtful, but I don't know. They don't know your scars, right? Yes. And I think yeah. that's totally it. I think that's totally it. Well, it's amazing too, how like we're talking about high school. I mean, this is 20 years ago and that shut shit your mouth. You. Well, I gotta, <laughs> shut, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> just a little while back but that stuff can really it can haunt you and the the, it's it's very insidious you don't know that it's there until someone makes a comment like no you're not Asian and then boom it's just a feeling that just hits you like where did that come from yeah right and yeah the fact that people have the privilege to say things like that like with no repercussion you know Mm. like because I had no response I didn't I was I was speechless. I just yeah, like who are you to tell me who I am? Like that's yeah, insane. and I I just kind of reverted to like my shy, people pleasing ways. Like just huh. how yeah, wild how we do that. We immediately go back to like that like hurt little kid. I do yes. the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I was so angry after and thinking about it, and I still am. But like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough tough place. But well, and then you kind of get mad for like, like retroactively when you're going through it in your head again, you get mad at yourself for not sticking up for your, for those feelings that you're feeling. But in the moment, it's just almost like you're frozen. Like you can only do your default. Yes. And I think that too, like I, and about a year ago I was diagnosed with PTSD and I'm learning that like so many things of how I respond or trauma responses, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. just like, like I need to stay in my bubble and keep myself safe. So I am not going to say anything back. It's not that I'm not witty or have smart things to say back. It's just like, I, I can't, like you said, let's, I'm frozen. Go there. Mm-hmm. What made you comfortable with the decision to go to therapy? I know a lot of people don't want to go there. I wish I would have done it so much sooner. <laughs> Did you uh, avoid it for a while? Yeah. Um, like, without like without you guys being therapists, that's what I often, like, 
this is therapeutic for me talking about these things. Um, I actually, I originally went to the doctor seeking um, an ADHD eval Mm -hmm. because like my executive functioning sucks. Like it's terrible. Um, Which was also why like made teaching really tough. Like I was preaching to these kids, like write in your planner and do all these things. And I can't even keep it together. Um, through that, a lot of teachers like that, by the way, I would just like to say that I feel like that's like very common. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just teachers like that. Like, obviously you're going to tell your kids to do what's best for them. All of the above, but like nobody's perfect. Like even in training, I'm like, you know, get your workouts in, get your steps in, make sure you're eating well. And like, I judge myself on the days where I'm not doing that. Cause I'm like, who am I to tell this person this when I'm not even doing it myself? Like, it, I think it's all over the board, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's, it's tough. So like that piece is still there, but through that whole process, um, what it really came down to was a PTSD diagnosis, uh, which is attributed to a lot of things. Um, I've experienced a lot of loss starting, I mean, I don't want to say like normal, like with grandparents, like I realize now that like, there's some people that haven't experienced hardly any loss. And I have been through a ton. Like I, like I, and and like really important people starting with a a really good friend in our early twenties, um, to my dad who passed away in 2016 uh, from pancreatic cancer to my stepdad who took his own life in 2018. And then my only first cousin on my mom's side. So he was more like a brother. He died in a tragic accident in 2020. And so it was like, all these things were piling up and I like, I had nowhere to go in my own head, like just nowhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, that's, that's how I ended up in therapy. Then I, and I'm so glad I did. Like it's, it's been a really tough journey, but one I'm happy to be going on. I feel like, I feel like I'm cracked wide open, like a huge ball of nerves, like exposed to everything now. And a lot of it has been more difficult, like opening up about it. You know, it's girl. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, but I wish like trauma or not, I think everybody should go to therapy. Yeah. Like (laughs) what are some of the benefits though, that you've experienced from the type of therapy that you're doing? Is it just talk therapy? Uh, yeah, for, um, I guess I'm just going to lay it all out here for you guys today. If you're comfortable. I mean, this will be like what people listen to this, if especially even my, my own friends, you know, I talk about how close I am, but a lot of people don't know these things about me. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I see two therapists. One is EMDR therapy. Um, I haven't even quite like, I've been seeing her for a year and we haven't even gotten to the point of actually doing EMDR. Whoa. <laughs> because like other things keep like inter- oh, rising keep, up like, yeah. more things. Um, like we are on the right path. And then I experienced more loss and, 
within that, I've also been diagnosed with an eating disorder. And I know I like, it makes me just feel like a mess, you know, like even saying that out out loud, it's like, oh yes, I have all these in my head still, like I have all these things wrong with me that I'm trying to fix. And really it's just, they've been part of who I am, you know, that's how you could cope best. Yeah. So I, I see her, her once a week and then I see a eating disorder therapist once a week also. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a lot of coping mechanisms. It's a lot of um, like getting myself back to neutral. So it's so a lot of even just like breathing techniques um, yeah. and just processing. Like I have realized I have not processed, processed so many things that I've experienced in my life. We just keep moving. Yeah. And so that is like the processing part of it is the painful part of it. Oh yeah. That's the ball of nerves that's exposed, right? Yes. But it's huge that you're even open to share that because that's already shows that you're a little detached from it. Like you're on your path to healing, you know? Yeah. And that is too, like I, yeah. Um, I can, you know, I can stop myself in my tracks a little bit instead of going down some crazy rabbit hole. Like a lot of it is like this, um, constant worry that I have, like, and I don't consider myself an anxious person, but like, you wouldn't ever see that on the outside. I'm pretty mellow laid back, but up here, it's just these ruminating thoughts that are, that are constant. And it's getting off that, that, that wheel because it's just a constant, like kind of ticker in my mind. And same thing with, you know, having an eating disorder, it's not so much about my actions. I mean, some of it is, it's more about my thoughts. Like I, yes, it's my, uh, thoughts about body image and how often I think about it and how often I think about food and whether it's good or bad and just the disordered thinking in general. Um, but it's constant like, and so yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. And I'm just like, no, it's so <laughs> true. No, thank you so much. Like, first of all, yeah. like, honestly, I appreciate that. I know when I was reading your, um, one of your blogs and it was about body dysmorphia, I was like, wow, like you were so transparent and so, 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 so transparent. And I was like, I could see a lot of my reflection too. in what you were saying, like when you walk by the mirror and like, you could see somebody and say like, wow, they look great. They're feeling so well, but you couldn't say that about yourself, you know, and it's just that distorted imagery. Like, man, I can relate with that. And Leanne, I know from your history, I, I think you would say that you could too. Oh my God. Well, and I'm, yeah, I, I had an eating disorder for 17, 18 years of my life. Um, but you said the exact word that sparked, I don't want to say curing, my healing. Um, and that, a big that was, shift, yeah. Yeah, that was rumination. I mean, Calla was tired of me. I'm just saying it over and over and over. Like, we, we were reading a book about technology and optimizing, like making sure you control the technology, the, contr- the technology doesn't control you. And he went off on this chapter about rumination and your thoughts. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I realized before any binging episode, any, you know, restricting, it all started with ruminating down this, this cycle of like, oh my God, I I can't believe these pants fit like this today. And then, you know, and it just cycles into, you're not good enough. Like you should not eat. You should, you know, or I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm going to eat fucking everything. And it all started with that word rumination. And when I could pinpoint it, I literally would say like realize it's happening and then be like you're ruminating and then I would try to shift 
into something else um, that was more positive. And that it that was the catalyst to get me into a healthier mind space to 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 not have I I mean I still have the thoughts. The thoughts come in and they, they'll creep in, but it stops me before the behavior follows. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm so happy you're learning that about yourself. Like that's, that's enormous. Major work. Yeah. Yeah. And it it is hard because it's like, and I'm at the point right now still, I mean, this is relatively new. I mean, it's something I've known about myself, right. Forever. Like I can think back to like pre-middle school, like having thoughts about that. And that's, that's a long freaking time. So, um, so like therapy and kind of working through this with both of my therapists is like, I feel so again, exposed. I feel like I think about food and I think about my body image more right now because, because it, yeah, it, I am just so much aware, but I can, I can shift gears a little bit, a lot quicker, I guess, than letting myself fall. Yeah. That's and the beautiful. awareness is, yeah, it's the, it's the first real step. And I think too, like, you'll be amazed. I don't know, because having a needing disorder and not having kids, it took up so much mind space and energy. I don't know how you've been able to take care of little kids and still be dealing with this. Like, I think you're going to be amazed once the headspace frees up a little bit, how much more bandwidth you actually have to like take on life. Yeah, I think it's going to be change, life changing for you. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I hope. Like that's, um, because like my therapist asked me like how, you know, how often do you think of these things in, I said, it probably consumes at least 80% of my thoughts every day. It's like, I mean, it's, it's constant and it still is constant. Um, you know, I think for a long time too, because I'm somebody that like my body image has fluctuated so much up and down. Um, and so, you know, like in my head, I keep going back to like, oh, I, I was 150 pounds once. Like I can get back to 150 pounds. Like I, I know I can, because I was that at one point, you know? So then it becomes these really, you know, disordered thoughts again. Um, but then having a daughter, especially like, I don't want that for her. Yeah. Right. That's a big one. They're big mirrors. They're big mirrors right up to to everything. And you're just like. You yeah, freaking love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm on my daughter about that all the time. Seriously, you know, yeah. like, and my son, like, well, he's oh, just a weird little boy because they're they're, <laughs> they're all weird. They're so they're weird. All they're weird. so weird. <laughs> he'll, like, you know, like, he'll poke my stomach. And he's like, "Mom, why is it so squishy?" And oh like, God, yeah. But instead of being like, I'm just like, that's I'm like, because you grew inside my stomach. Like, you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> In the nicest way of like, yes, it is like, it's a nice reminder. Like, yes, I grew two humans and I have experienced a lot in my life that have, has led me here. So mm-hmm. learning to love myself at any size, um, it seems, I know it's possible I, it, right now. It still seems like a far stretch. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I'm putting the work in for myself and for my, for my daughter. Oh, and, yeah. We talked to um, a girl called, or her name's called, her name's Erica <laughs> Wiederlight. She um, she has a podcast. I, I've been recommending it to everyone because it's amazing. It's called Welcome to the Weeder Life. Um, she talks all about self-love and body positivity and relationships and sex. And she 
talked about how like the thought of loving her body was so far-fetched to her. Like, like I, I don't even like it. How am I going to love it? But she talked about instead focusing on respecting your body. Like what you just said, you root you two humans, healthy babies inside your body. And you wake up every day and you take care of them and like all these things that your body does for you. And she had to start there and she does say she loves herself and her body now, but it had to start with a respect instead of a love. And I can relate more to that um, in these stages. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I have said those exact words. Like, I don't even like myself. Like, how can I, how can I love myself? Like, and that's, it's, that's spot on. But the acceptance, and I think I'm at the acceptance part right now and working up to respecting it because I feel like I'm not quite there yet because I feel like if I respected my body and, you know, what it's capable of, I wouldn't be as hard on myself (laughs) as I am. Um, But that's also being hard on yourself because you're in a certain place of healing, like you're going to therapy. And it's so many years too probably for there's a guarantee there's women around you that act the same way it just it's kind of seeps in and you don't even realize like what's going on like it's it's there's so many factors there there really are yeah um and I appreciate you guys talking to me about it because it really has like this the eating disorder piece um my husband knows and two of my girlfriends which like was huge work that my, you know, my therapist was like, it, it was a big deal. like to open up. Yeah. Like, Mom doesn't know. And I know like, but I would, even before coming on, I was thinking about it. Like if it comes up, if we talk about it, like I, I want to talk about it because maybe a, like, I don't have to tell it the story or like my, you yeah, know, there you go. A billion yeah, times. Like, <laughs> yeah. Refer to the podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Send there them a go. link. <laughs> Like, honestly, yes. thank you, though, for even just like yeah. going there with us, because it, it it's so hard to navigate. And it's so isolating. And, and granted, there's lots of people out there who like go through this. But when you're in it, you know what I mean? Like, nobody else is going to have your experience. And 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 just thank you, seriously, yeah. for just sharing that with right. us. It's- yeah, feels I feel like it. when when I'm done with this, I feel like I'm either going to Drink a bottle of wine or just like crash on the couch. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen. Oh, I know. I know. That was like the whole first season of this. Cause like every time, yeah. like I would talk to somebody, it was just like a mirror back into my life. And I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> like I, I need to take a nap for two months and then I'll come back to this. And that's literally yeah, like, what just kept happening. Feelings, all feelings, all the things. Well, that's what I'm so curious about too. Um, especially you being so vulnerable today. Like, now that you do have this blog and you are sharing your life publicly, how do you navigate what to be vulnerable vulnerable about and share versus like what you really want to keep to yourself and keep private? Um, that's a great question. I don't know if I have like a strategy for that. A lot of times it's, I just start writing and what comes out, comes out, um, which is actually, I'm, I'm I'm struggling a little bit with coming up with a new piece. I have also learned that I am a perfectionist and that I never actually understood what a perfectionist was because like in my head, it's like somebody that's like 
super organized and everything's good. But really it's like, I am a mess most of the time because like, it's either I'm going to do it perfect or I'm not going to do it at all. And so coming up with this, like a next piece is like, I want to talk, I want to write about my mental health and eating disorder. And, but then I'm like, should that be a post or should go in my book? Should that go in my pot? Like, but like, who the hell cares? Like put it everywhere. Everywhere. Really everywhere. hard to get. Tell your story loud and often. Next, mm-hmm. It's yeah. And it's hard. So it's like, I just need to sit down and write like, and just <laughs> and accept like that. Whatever comes out is, is what is supposed to be because otherwise I'll be like, well, no, the amount I type and delete is ridiculous. Just type, yeah. delete, type, delete, type, delete. And then, and then I get nowhere. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, it, it is nice to hear that we're not the only ones struggling with that. <laughs> like, per- perfection, like it's, it's yeah. a monster. And I, I did hear like, I, I, I would say I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I don't think I'm even recovering yet. But <laughs> I, I, I forget where I read this. It was like perfectionism stems from that same thought of I'm not good enough. What, whatever I'm doing here is not enough. And so you keep trying to make it better until it's perfect, but this perfect doesn't exist. Oh, so, totally. Damn know, it, Leanne. Keep uh, your wisdom to yourself. <laughs> it wasn't mine. I can't take credit. It wasn't mine. It just found that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, and when I had, I had that, it was just very, very recently that I had that little aha moment. I'm like, holy shit. Like my whole life is contingent on this idea of perfectionism. I mean, even thinking about my eating disorder, it's, I have this this all or nothing mentality with everything, Mm -hmm. right? It's like super restrictive eating binge. Like, Mm -hmm. like, and I, even in the middle of therapy, I am so drawn to um like the whole fasting fad because again it's like all or nothing like you can control it yep yes and so I have to like no Tara no that is not like especially like it is not what you need to be doing right now but I have to remind myself that because that is very much who I am mm-hmm. yeah. I'm that way too and I, I can tell you like t- going back to the imposter syndrome like I tell my clients like it's not about the number on the scale. Like we're not going to talk about the 20 pounds you want to lose. It's the behaviors that you're doing every day that are going to get you there. And it's always the people like me that are all or nothing that will be perfect with their eating and come to every single workout for the first three, you know, three weeks to three months. And after that, they're just like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I can't like, this is not sustainable. I can't do this anymore. And then they're off. And then they're on and then they're off and then they're on. It's, it's gotta be like teeny tiny little changes that you barely notice that are a little uncomfortable and you do those until they're part of your day. And then you add something else, teeny tiny, and you just build and build and build. And that's not fun and it's not sexy and you can't sell it, but that's the only way it works. (laughs) So true. Yes. Yes, it is. And, but that is me. Like, like let's do this crazy boot camp for, you know, 10 weeks and track everything I eat, do all the things. And then after it's like, where's all the ice cream? And, you know, like, well, you get kind of a high, you get a high from like seeing this, what you want to be, and then going full force towards it. But 
it, it's we're humans. We're going to mess up. And the second you mess up, you go straight to the bottom. Like I failed, you know, and, and, and it's not, it's not sustainable. It's, it no. sucks. It and that sucks. is me. Like that is, that's what it, <laughs> that's a, that is the majority of people. It, it is. And, and it, it was the, the only reason it's not me anymore is because I've drilled it into my brain. Cause I've said it so many times <laughs> I've seen it over and over. Like that's that literally it would be me if I wasn't in this profession. Um, so thank God for that. But I, I totally understand. Like it's, it's a personality trait and it's, it's hard to break, but it is breakable. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Work in progress. I feel like I need to need like a name tag that says that's that. That's your next tattoo. <laughs> yes. That's the other leg. <laughs> Caution. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like your best life look like for you, I guess. I think it is. Um, I think it is sharing my story. And I think, I think that is the kind of the final piece to a lot of this. And so, you know, writing about it, talking about it, and then you know sharing it is my goal you know like i do like i want to write a book and i want one person besides my mom to read it you know right. like i want um, i can't even get my family to read my shit so good luck <laughs> send it to my mom also to okay. my dear family I, i'll send it to all my friends moms they're super supportive Perfect. yes my mom will read it guys my mom will read it yes thank you um mine will too she's gonna hate that that I said that but it's so <laughs> <laughs> sorry Joan. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> um but yeah I think like building building an empire building my legacy for myself and my kids and Joe like based on all of the trauma that I've experienced and my life experiences like taking those things and, and doing a 180 with it and just getting to a better place. You know, I, I feel Passion pretty good now. It's him. I love it. <laughs> well, and it's, it so it's much. perfect. Cause like that is revel in the chaos. Like life, life is totally chaos. life is change. And like just that name alone, it, that is what you're trying to do. You know, every day that's you're what doing I'm doing it. To do. like, yeah. Yeah. And that is like, I have to remind me like, okay, I am doing it. Like, I'm yeah. not just, you're totally doing it. Like, Tara, you stop, you quit things that make sense, things that people work towards like their whole life. Like you did that and you're doing it and you're putting and it's amazing. It, it's so amazing. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. And really even, even today, like sharing what you shared, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And yeah, you're going to get off and probably drink half a bottle of wine and sleep on the couch. And that's okay too. Like, like it's uncomfortable. You have to pick up my kids first. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Just Joe. Joe will be first. home. Like we get it. You're going to be in the dark, peanut butter, wine, couch. Peanut butter, wine. Yes. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think that's so relatable. And I, I think your blog's just only going to continue to grow. And I know like for me personally, the hardest thing is sharing your experience and getting comfortable. Cause I know for me, it's always like, what if nobody gets it? What if it's just like, I do all this and I think this is it. And then it just doesn't happen at all that daily. So, um, just keep sharing because it's awesome and it's enjoyable and you're doing it and it's really, really good work. 
Well, thank you. And Kayla, I can't wait to, I don't know if it was your post the other day with like your post post-its but for those oh yes some chapters like like nerded out about it I was like oh like went back to him like reading like what is it gonna be (laughs) see and I post that stuff and I'm like no one's gonna care (laughs) no I think no one's gonna care but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting I'm looking at it right now and it's it's just so special to see how everything comes together. And like, like I said, I, you, I've looked up to you for a very long time, whether you knew it or not. And to have you here and just be so honest and, and say nice things back about me when I told Liam before you get on, I go, the worst thing would be that she'd be like, I don't even know who you are. Oh, we went <laughs> so to I school together. I was invisible. <laughs> so, and you know, it's just, it's funny. It's just so funny how life works out. And I'm just so thankful that you stopped by today. In my head, I have this like high school, like I can picture you in high school with <laughs> please tell us in detail what that picture is I, need I don't know enough. like and I could be wrong but like oh god like a little I'm so nervous I was like this was of me also like this is where it fit I was like yes I want to wear my blink 182 shirt and my choker <laughs> and my you know like <laughs> but also like <laughs> so that's like why I you guys, I'm seriously cool. still dressed the exact same. <laughs> okay, so when when I first hopped on, Kayla, I, no joke, almost wore an identical outfit. It was like this camo that. jacket for my leather jacket with my band shirt. That was it. He has that camo jacket as well, by the way. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm like, I literally have not changed. I have not changed at all. I probably should step it up. Again, my mom's so disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, Joan. We're just going to call this episode Sorry, Joan. Yes, I love it. <laughs> sorry, just Mom. throw away my clothes. Yes, they just sorry, look Mom. like she'd do my laundry and they just go back. <laughs> oh, my, yeah, I know. I, you know, I had some interesting wardrobe choices. Oh, and, and oh not, like, we all husband, did. Like, you know, like sometimes my hair is purple. Sometimes like, yeah, leave me alone. Yeah, tattoos, nose, pierce. I don't know. Like, I'm going through yeah. it. Just leave me alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just leave me alone. Did y'all go through the gaucho phase? <laughs> the pants? I like, totally oh, yeah. had those. I totally had those. <laughs> Except you had the legs for them. Gauchos are supposed to be loose the whole way down. It was tight on the thighs and then just billowed out at the bottom. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Oh, that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. What I, I'm yeah, that's that's so true. I am curious though. Like, I, it shocks me that you even remember who I am. Are I'll be completely honest. Serious? I'm like dead serious. Oh my <laughs> it's gosh, so I... funny to me. Okay, like I could, I'll just sound like way dorky because, like, I I really did. I was like, I want to be in their friend group. Like, you are specifically. <laughs> yes, and I'm glad this is all coming full circle. I was like, we are more alike than a lot of people that I see on an everyday basis yeah like okay I don't even know if I want to mention names no don't (laughs) we can edit it out I'm like over here like do it do Do it it. (laughs) you can say whatever you want I remember thinking about uh Brennan Cullen Benson just because I wanted to say his name in three parts yeah like that's like you could not just say his first name like in my yeah it was like he was it and Laura, like, and because Laura and I used to be friends, like, in elementary school, and 
So like, I just like, I always like, I, like, I feel like I, I feel like that's where I belong. I never here. knew that. That's, we would have welcomed you open arms for sure. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause I literally was supposed to talk to Laura yesterday and we're supposed to talk after this. So she's going to be so excited to hear about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember going to Laura's house in elementary school and she would like, I have no rhythm. And so she oh, would put these dances and then try to teach me to do these dances. And I'm like, Laura, like, I'm sorry. I am not your girl for this. Like, <laughs> like I am not joining the talent show. Cause like, I cannot do this And I remember <laughs> practicing at her house. And I'm like, Oh, nope, not my jam. That's so Laura. And, and then she got me as the best friend. And I'm like, Nope, that's not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I have nope. a lot of trouble in that house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, so funny. Well, Tara, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. I really do appreciate it. And I hope this is just the start of a new friendship for us because I, I really am excited. Yes. Thank you both for having me. Um, I'm super grateful. And yes, yeah, we were meant to be friends. Next time, I though, so. I don't like, can I not be on my computer? I'll just come visit. And there you go. Please. <laughs> <laughs> always better in person. It's currently like flurrying out. You know, it's a balmy 34 degrees. no girl you got to get in sunshine (laughs) I know yes but thank you guys so much it's been it's it's been a great experience and I'd love to chat again once I get more shit together yeah (laughs) oh you don't need to have any more shit together so many times thank you so much (laughs) we'll talk to you soon all right thanks guys Bye. bye thanks for listening if you'd like to join in on the conversation we invite you to come be a part of the hdc community you can find us on facebook and instagram by searching at have the convo for information on all of our shows guests and more visit htcpod.com while you're there be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode talk soon, soon.